Covered up on all four downs. It's college football. Week 15 is the last week of the regular season. Joe Aguirre, Big Jason, and myself, we're covering down who's going to win the Heisman and who's going to win in the Army-Navy rivalry game. It's all here and much more on all four downs. And as we wait for the cue of Joe Guard coming oh, to the show. That is uh, uh, hilarious. He did one of my moves that I used to do back when I was a student at Connecticut School of Broadcasting. <laughs> so I think he inherent, inherited that maneuver that he did just staring at the screen. So I, I, I appreciate that, Joe. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, well, welcome to all four downs, part mm-hmm. of the CMG Sports Podcast Network. I'm Joe Aguirre. That's all I'm moving in case you weren't uh, sure. Yeah, yeah, bring in Big Jace Garcia. Yeah. <laughs> All right. A little bit of a mix up there. You know what I was just doing? Uh, because obviously we, we got a lot, not a lot to talk about. But we do have some important things to talk about. The Heisman race. Uh, that's That's got uh, a very notable uh, exclusion. We'll talk about uh, Will Anderson uh, for sure. Army, oh, yeah. Navy. And I, you know, and I know you obviously, Ovi, are passionate about Army. Um, and I know you like Navy. You respect Navy because, you know, wait, wait, well, wait, wait, maybe wait. you don't. I respect Navy. Navy, but I didn't say I like Navy. I mean, well, Navy, you know, things are things have actually improved of late. So we'll talk a little bit about that because we're going to have to preview that game. But uh, yeah, I, before we go any further, I just want to say, you know, Last year, you, you'll remember this, Jace, because I think you took a pie in the face for it. I said Mac Jones was going to be a superstar, and everybody laughed in my face. Uh, and I'm, I was right. And, and Ovi, to your credit, you agreed with that. And you've been riding the, the, Mac, the Mac train since, and I appreciate that very much. Absolutely. I told you Dan Mullins was a bum, and he didn't deserve to run the University of Florida. And I'm, I'm so glad I wasn't the only person who thought that uh, – just like Ed Ogeron wasn't the right guy to run a program like LSU. If if we're going to treat these guys like they're special, the Lincoln Rileys of the world, right? If, if we're going to make a big deal about these guys and let them bounce job to job, you have to, you have to, you have to like earn it. You have to, you have to be uh, a great coach, but also think about like Mike Krzyzewski. Like somebody like that, like Lou Holtz, without all the racism that we obviously didn't know about, uh, or maybe that just came on later in life. I'm not sure, but you got to teach young men. You know, I I think that's so important. You know, I hate to bring up Joe Paterno's name, but, um, you know, Papa Bear, that, that kind of thing where, you know, you're, you're teaching kids, you're, you're, you're. Not just playing football. Like you can have a great football program, and you could do things the right way. Look at Nick Saban. You know he he he's earned the respect. 
this guy's incredible what, what he's turned that program into, and, and it's all based on who he is. And, and, and the good thing you said that was is what you're what you're trying to say overall is they're role models, they're great yes. role models to yes. where they're leading their uh, young men, there are young men into the real world, right? You're preparing them to be successful in the future, and you know, it's a privilege, you know, and we've seen like you you've been calling it for the past couple of years already, these coaches that don't deserve to lead a huge a big organization especially like organizations like lsu usc you've seen how they were on top for so long and then you put in the wrong guy and you think that he's gonna be someone and the whole organization just falls apart and you're absolutely right and you say paternal and i, and I remember how things just started crashing down and that's basically what we're seeing and then these young coaches that are going different places. I mean, look, uh, Lincoln Riley took over an Oklahoma that was already great. They were already Big 12 champions. He took over an organization, let it ride for another four, was it six years, if I'm not mistaken? And they've been Big 12 champions ever since. But now he's going to USC, an organization that's already broken. Can he piece it together? And the amount of money they spend to go ahead and buy his, sell his house, buy his new home. I mean, everything happened so fast. And then you got Brian Kelly leaving Notre Dame with a small chance of making it to the college football finals or playoffs, excuse me, and goes to LSU and Axe Country. This is totally, totally crazy, you know? And I just wonder, which coach do you think, Joe, will succeed? Well, what's the what's the goal? What's the end result? Well, the end result is to is finish the, on top if, of the if conference. the end result's one of them winning a national championship or two and being there for ten years, then no, it's going to be neither of those guys. I don't think either of those guys will be there, say, past the seven year mark. I, I'm gonna say a little sooner than that, at least for LSU. I well, so I'll say this. I think I think USC will see an immediate return just on keeping the California guys in California. I think that'll make a huge difference right off the bat. I don't think that. I don't think he's going to find the same success. Lincoln Wright's already took in and, recruits to follow him to oh, USC. Yeah. Well, right. uh, but listen, he, this is a guy who literally was sitting across from some of these guys, or at least literally one of these guys sitting across from him at his kitchen table, telling him why he should pack up and go to Oklahoma. And he got in his car, his cell phone rang. He got the job at USC. That kid turned on sports center and saw that his coach was uh, going to California. Yeah. That's not a person who, if I ever, if I had a relationship with Lincoln Riley, it would have been over that day. The the day, yeah. I mean, unless he was, unless he was like, uh, hey, Jace, uh, what do you say about going to Oklahoma <laughs> or, you know, God forbid I end up at uh, USC? 
If he did that, great. But I, I from what I understand, no, it's not. No, and from what I understand, he looked that kid dead in the eyes and told him to come to Oklahoma. We need you. And then okay. he left. Did That's he say insane. that? Or did he say, follow me? No. No. Can't say that either? Oklahoma. <laughs> I don't Follow. even think I don't even think that was one of the guys he asked to come with him. So that's what I'm saying. Like he yeah. looked him dead in the eyes and was like, "Oklahoma, that's where you should be." Because I won't be there, you loser. <laughs> but uh, but but back to Ovi's question, I do think Lincoln Riley just with the I love the Pac-12, but I mean with the how much they struggle, I think he has a chance to stand out as the cream of the crop there. But out of all the new coaching changes, the one that I think will has like the best impact to make like a, an immediate impact and lasting impact. I would say honestly, Billy Napier to Florida. Uh, I mean, he's done great things with L- Louisiana. We, we we talk about the Sun Belt all, all this time. I think he can really change the culture from what Dan Mullins has screwed up uh, the the past couple of years. I, I think he can really get Florida back to that top, back back to that real competitive SEC team. I think that uh, some another coach that can make a bigger impact, and that's Chip Kelly going back to Oregon because there are talks that he may be leaving UCLA yeah. and they're giving him an extended, maybe a bigger contract to move over and retake over Oregon. So that'll be pretty amazing to see for the Pac-12 to see Oregon and USC on the top of, of their conference. I'd like to see Billy Napier turn Florida back into a respectable program. And I'd like to see Mario Cristobal turn the U back into the trash talking swamp that it is. You know what I mean? I think he like, needs to turn into what maybe, he maybe is Dan Mullen should go, should have gone to Florida. I mean, I should have gone to Miami. Nah, he's probably going to get a, a trash a, a, it up, leading your team out there with a brawl, you know? He, He's going to be an assistant somewhere in the NFL. That's what I believe. Here's the funny thing. There's, Mm -hmm. you know, other than like a football movie, there's no role for him in coaching as far as I'm concerned. I think Dan Mullen's usefulness in coaching at the highest levels, I think it's like a cliche now. (laughs) I think that guy's gone. I think like the Joe Paterno, you know, you're there for 50 years. That guy's dead and gone and never coming back. I think yeah. I think Dan Mullins and the, you know, the Bobby Knight kind of like grabbed the guy by the face mask and headbutt him, you know? Yeah, that those coach, days are gone already. That guy's done. And right. uh, I think Dan Mullins might have been the last of that breed. And, you know, I, I, I hope nobody hires him uh, going Damn. forward. Give him Honestly, I, I really do. I, I hope maybe that guy gets humbled and gets his act together. Again, this is a huge responsibility. You're 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 being given again. The idea here is, you know, most of these guys are not going professional. So what what are they there for? What is it? Only two percent could go to professional, yeah. right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, pretty low odds here, you know, and 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 so you you gotta like at least instill some sense of like manhood into these guys and if you can't do both then then first of all i don't think you can win unless you can do that and i don't think you can sustain long-term success and respect if you don't do that and dan mullins can't do that and i and i don't think he is capable of doing that anywhere well i just hope that the new coaches that are reassigned and take over the new organization 
can make a big difference and make a big impact for them you know and and that is the goal and we'll see if that's going to work out but this show is brought to you by the cmg sports podcast network visit clovercrestmedia.com and subscribe to our youtube channel that's all four downs we're here every week covering college football and the nfl and speaking about what's going on for this weekend uh it is the heisman race now here's the finalists we have aiden hutchinson kenny pickett cj stroud and bryce young and there's here's the odds and if you turn on to the tv all you hear is bryce young this bryce young that but i the question i want to ask you guys is who got snub out of being in the finalists i'll start with you jace uh i it's it's tough because i mean this whole year was wild and a lot going on I do think Kenneth Murray, I know they struggled down the stretch, but he did have his Heisman moment against that Michigan team. And, I mean, I think you should throw a running back a bone, especially uh, with this season being so crazy. Uh, I mean, he's the best running back in the nation. I think he deserves at least to get get an invite, at least to be a semifinalist. But I don't think he deserves to win. So, yeah, I think Kenneth Walker is the biggest snub. No, it's Will Anderson Jr., who's a better player, uh, has better numbers than Hutchinson, who is uh, going to win the Heisman. You can totally tell. Uh, the 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 uh, the media is in love with that guy. Like a white guy defensive end from Michigan, you know? Ugh. That's like their dream. That's their dream come true. Maybe he'll go play for the Detroit Lions. Then they'll love that, you know? Right now, that I mean, the Lions, they, they got their first win this past weekend. You know, the stupidest thing I heard somebody say was, Will Anderson put up those better numbers with all great talent around him. And I thought, are you an idiot? Here we go again. Like, wouldn't you get worse numbers because of all the talent around you as opposed to dominating? I mean, it are you serious? It sounds like last year. It sounded like last year when we had an argument with Mac Jones. Yeah, and the first thing refrain. they said was there were so many talent yeah. around him. Like, yeah. really, did Devontae Smith really deserve to be a Heisman winner or did Mac Jones? But you know what? It doesn't matter. Let's look at it today. Do you hear Devontae Smith? <laughs> Do you yeah, hear Devontae, Devontae Smith Smith's is name? terrible. He is yeah. terrible. He's done <laughs> nothing so far with his career. He's been terrible. Not and Trevor in, Lawrence <laughs> has been awful. That's true. Uh, Let's put that out there. Awful. <laughs> oh, the talent around him. Oh, okay. Give me a break. Hector does he agree with Jay's about Kenneth Walker III getting snubbed. I agree with you, Joe, about uh, Anderson not making it to the Final Four uh, because the fact that, um, dude, he's leading in sacks, 15 and a half. He's going to add some more during the college football playoffs. I mean, this guy's a monster. His dynamic as a def- uh, in the defense, he is the man. He is the guy that controls everything, you know. And being a Heisman, you would think that that falls into play, right? Yeah, you and know? I hope so, he falls to the Giants. But I, I, I get where you – I do think he probably, especially this year, <laughs> Anderson should have been uh, at least given a nod a little bit. I, he lost uh, the Best Defensive Player Award earlier tonight. To Jordan Davis from Georgia, that that's the real snub for him. Now I hold think. on for a second. But 
Hold on. He, the, Let me Georgia does deserve it, man. They deserve Jordan it. Jordan Davis? Yeah, for, he deserves it. Look, look at his stats. He does not deserve it. I, I wanted to put him. Jordan, you're ridiculous. You're ridiculous if you think Jordan Davis. Then why is it Jordan Davis your snub? Why is Will Anderson your snub? Listen, I'm going by the stats oh. that he's a league, sack leader. But Dude, Jace, Jace the categories of the you. trophies that you're talking about is just more than just stats. So I'm not too familiar with all that trophy and, and, and the prerequisite or requirements. But let it be. D does that matter right now? So all those people winning the trophy? Or no, does it matter? Does it matter just the highest? Because nobody really talks about these other trophies. Oh, okay. But if you're winning the best defensive player in the country, mm -hmm. yeah. Why would Aiden Hutchinson didn't even win it and he's getting invited? So, I mean, I don't understand why Jordan, you're okay with. Jordan Davis getting it and not Will Anderson. That, that that's ridiculous to me. Because but, because we all I only care about is the Heisman and, and I care what's going on right now. So I mean, yeah. Oh, who's, okay. Who's really having Listen. a conversation about all these other awards? I mean, we could talk about Bryce Young. He won the the best quarterback or whatever. You're right. Do I agree but, with it? Absolutely not, but it is what it is. But listen, I will tell you why Will Anderson didn't mm -hmm. get invited because there were at times, multiple times down the stretch of this season where the defense had struggled. You look at that Florida game, you look at the Arkansas game, obviously the Texas A&M game, and, and even the Auburn game, there's multiple instances where they struggled. And, and that's the same reason why I don't think Bryce Young should win it. There's multiple instances where he struggled down the season. The, 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 there's been teams that have been consistent. Yeah, maybe, okay, that, that's where Jordan Davis gets the best defensive player of the year because, yeah, Georgia's defense has been the most consistent out of anything. But, mm -hmm. I, I, I mean, it, it, stats aren't just everything. And Will Anderson put up some great stats, but there were times where he was, where that defense was shaky. And if you're the leader of that defense. But could we say that to every team in college football, though? We could say that to every college football. We could say that about C.J. Stroud. We could say the same thing about Aiden Hutchinson when they had lost to Michigan State. We could say all that. Oh, I wasn't you know? here. To, I I wasn't here to talk about uh, Bama lighting Georgia up. No, no, you didn't. I didn't. Um, I talked about it on some other podcasts this week. I'm sure that my ears are ringing you, every time. I told you all year not only would Bama win, they'd blow them out. And I nailed it again. And that felt really it, good. I also did that Alabama and Georgia would be in the final four. Yeah. Well, so here's the thing. And here's, uh, again, I apologize. I didn't get a chance to speak on that, but uh, mm -hmm. they're going to blow them out again. It's silly. But all right. Yeah. Bryce Young's going to win this. He was the Not best player happen. in college football all year. There's no way that an Alabama quarterback could be the best player in college football two years in a row and they give it to somebody else. Huh? Mm. This is the make good. No. All right. So here we go. So check this, this is out. The make good. Aiden Hutchinson. So Joe, who you, who's going to win? I'm telling you, I think, I think Bryce Young wins it. I think okay. Hutchinson comes in a disappointing third behind Kenny Pickett. And I think CJ Stroud comes in a distant third. Jace. Uh I think if a quarterback deserves it, I think it should be Kenny Pickett because he's done everything for that. Pitch Never. Team. You know but, he's not going to win. No, I know he's not going to win, but deserving-wise, I think he is the one quarterback out of those three that deserves it the most. 
And but I do think Aiden Hutchinson should win it. Why? Why? Wait, hold on. Tell me. Tell me why Bryce Young, who set records this year, tell me why not Bryce Young. I just told you there were multiple games where he struggled. Multiple games were where Bama didn't look like Bama. I mean, Bama has always looked like. Well, the only game he really struggled was against Auburn. Bro, he's a he's a sophomore, like first year starter. Okay. Okay. This isn't a career award, like you said last year. No, I know, but I'm saying he's got, you know, these other guys have been around. Okay, okay, you're, you're, you're. I'm sorry, Joe. You're saying it. I know what you're trying to say, but you're saying it the wrong way. Listen, Aiden Hutchinson. Just this year, yeah, I got you. I understand he's a sophomore, and you expect that someone like a senior or a junior should be winning that award, and because. He is so young and still learning the game. He's already thrown over 4,000 yards, which is pretty badass, to be honest with you. And he is close to surpass Mac Jones in the next couple of games. He's close I mean, to even But let's 5, be honest, 000. too, right? right. If, if we're, we're going to weight the games and the wins and the SEC is so much better than everybody else, I mean, what are, what are 15 sacks in the Big Ten? Really, what does that translate to in the SEC? About four? <laughs> you're not wrong. You, no, said, you, hey, you got to know what I mean. There. That's why. What? That's why I don't think Hutchinson can win because he's just I there just the to fill day, in the that, spot. Because look, yeah. the whole media and everybody else is already already bragging about Bryce Young. They don't care about any other games because of them be defeating. The Georgia Bulldogs, the way they did in SEC Championship, everything's erased. Nobody cares. It's Bryce Young. He's going to win it unanimously. I don't think any of the other three or anyone will get – I think it's a unanimous first-place vote for Bryce Young. I would love to see Kenny Pickett win it, go first overall to the Lions, and then be out of the league in two seasons with eight starts, all losses under his belt. <laughs> Jace, you know that's what would happen, right? No, yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, he'd be Baker Mayfield 2.0 at that point. But uh, I think if you're looking at the Dude, guys he'd be there, Johnny Manziel 2.0 is what he would be. It'd be yeah. a, like a, a shot in the dark, like quick in, out. Thanks for coming. <laughs> yeah, but I, out of all the quarterbacks, I think he's done the most with the least. So I'll give him that. All right, all right. I like that. You know what? It's gonna be a good showdown this weekend. I don't think uh, anything. Is, I think the suspense was better last year because we were debating whether or not it was gonna be Jones or Devonte Smith. You know what I mean? So it was great to talk about it this this time around. I'm like, yeah, it's whatever. You know, let let them have it. The thing is, is that can he re- redeem himself next season? Or will C.J. Stroud step up? Because I got a feeling that C.J. Stroud is going to go crazy next year. And he's only a freshman. So imagine that. I mean, this guy got all the talent. So I got to respect that dude. Or maybe he just ends up being the Ohio State quarterback that never beats Michigan. Ooh. (laughs) Imagine. Damn. You never know. I like that. He's on his way. So. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, hey, trivia question for you guys. You ready? Mm-hmm. All right, here we go. Or not. Here we go. 
which rivalry is the oldest in college football? Yale Harvard. Damn, I didn't even get to give you the multiple choice, dude. I'll also take Yale Harvard for 500. Yale versus Princeton, Harvard versus Dartmouth. I'm going to take Yale versus Princeton. North Carolina versus Wake Forest or Navy, Navy versus Army. Army. It's Yale versus Princeton. Actually, no, it would be Yale. That was the first college football game was Yale versus Princeton, so it has to be. It has to be. Are you sure? Final answer. Final answer. I got the final answer wrong. It's actually Yale versus Princeton. Absolutely. That is the oldest college football. Uh, I, don't get me wrong. I think it's 1865, I think, if I'm not mistaken. So imagine that, man. Yale versus Princeton. Man. And you know what? Being at the Yale Bowl, they still got the same stadium. And you would think that today's football era, oh, he got me. He got me good. Thank you. Thank you. 1873. Thank you. I was close. 1873. Yeah, right? they were fighting the Civil War in 1865. <laughs> they were like, let's sort this thing out first, and then we'll get to playing some football. <laughs> so speaking on that, I had thought Army-Navy was going to be the oldest, but no, you're absolutely right. It was It was Yale. Okay, but Army and Navy, they started back in 1890. Okay, November 29th, 1890, they had a total of 121 total meetings. So Roosevelt scored six touchdowns in that game. I don't know if you knew that or not. No, I did not. Theodore Roosevelt? Mm -hmm. Yes. He's a legend. Yeah. And famous for being that general that he is. And his his horse kicked an extra Mm -hmm. point. The Rough Riders. Yeah. Yeah. You know who's a black belt in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, Joe? Who? Uh, Teddy Roosevelt. Yeah, no, I knew that. He actually invented Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. He actually taught it to Hoist Gracie. Little known fact. All right, we're moving along to the Army and Navy game. Okay. Your predictions, but a little bit of history. Again, this is going to be their fifth visit to MetLife Stadium. Navy is three and one at MetLife, but being what they are right now, Army has won for the last five games, and they should be ranked this this season, but they're not. But unfortunately, that's happened. So my question to you guys is, who wins this Saturday? So listen, Navy won two out of their last five games after a horrible one-in-five start. They kind of turned things around late in the season, to be fair. Problem, though, on the season, uh, Navy gives up about 30 points a game. Army averages 35-5, and uh, Army gives up about 20. Navy scores about 20, so I'm thinking like 35-21, Army wins this game. Uh, I think Navy gives it their best like the Navy guys do, but I think in the end... You know what I'm saying, Ovi. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'm glad you did your research because as a betting man, uh, Army is favored by eight points and the over-under is 34 and a half. So I'm definitely taking over 34 to have Army score 40 points. It'll be 40 to seven, the final score. I can see that. 
I, I don't know about that. I mean, they're both allowing over 300 yards per game. I think the, this is weird. It's been like forever since an overs hit in the Army-Navy game. It's always an under. But uh, I like the over as well. I think it will be a high-scoring game. But And, yeah, I just like Army's, Army's offense more than, than Navy's. And I think Army's – I do think – Like, if you're not impressed the way they play against Wake Forest when they scored 50 points – no, I mean, yeah. even though they came up with a loss, but I mean, who would have known that Army could actually throw a football? Yeah, I mean, you were saying that week one, you were talking about Army's pass game, but uh, yeah, I, I think Army's defense will make the stops at the right time. And I love that you brought the uniforms up. This is, I love that's the best part of this game to me every year. It's just the uniforms are just so cool. I love so the awesome. uniforms of the Army because it matches. Uh, the camouflage that uh, we we go overseas with, but I also love it that you know our the, the dress uniforms for the army has changed, so they're not they're not wearing khakis, so they're going back to the old school way what the army used to wear, and it, they're kind of nice, but pretty expensive to wear. Let me tell you that much, dude. Army put up forty three, thirty eight, fifty two. Then a couple of loser games. Then the 56 in the loss, 63 to Bucknell. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I like that. Well, but I the like high scoring game, and maybe maybe Army does score all or most of the points. But yeah, I like it. But the under has hit 14 straight years in a row for this game. Yeah, yeah well, Look. you know what the problem is? And and I think uh, uh, they went OT, right? Uh, November 6th, 21 14. I feel like when the services play each other, it's it like prides on the line. You know what I mean? Oh, I feel like oh, getting oh, a little yes. more down and dirty, yes. down in the trenches. So, you know what? When Maybe we, that's when why. We hook up, when we hook up, you know, in, in training or overseas or whatever the mission is, pride always gets in the way, man. You, you, know you, know you want to stand out. Yes. 20 to 13 Army. And that's why it's the under Vegas knows. That's why they're telling you that. That's going to be the score. 2013. Write that down. So 15 in a row? 15 yep. years in a row. Watch. Okay. Yeah. They got to right. figure it out. Well, they both pretty much mirror each other. In Army, they have Christian Anderson, uh, 20 for 44, 545 yards passing, five touchdowns. But he also could run 91 attempts, 519 with six touchdown uh, scores there. 14 players from Army have rushed the ball over 12 times. Navy, on the other hand, have nine players that's rushed the ball over 10 times. Only two for Navy has rushed over 100. So Ty Lavate, if I'm saying his name right, uh, he's just as equivalent as Anderson. And this game could be neck to neck, but it's the Army defense that has an advantage right here. Uh, and that's what I feel as though they they're more diverse in passing and running the ball compared to, to thirteen. Yeah, that's what's gonna happen. <laughs> so Hector comments need any Vaseline yet? <laughs> you could have just left that a visual clue. You know, you didn't have to. <laughs> you didn't have to include that. You didn't have to include the audio only audience on that. Oh no, no, I have to. Happening. I have to, because I know like, we have some bunch of Navy guys going in the comment section and say something about Army, so it's all good. That's great. <laughs> I'm waiting for it. Besides, I got more backup, so 
Um, but that's hilarious. But um, all right, so unanimously, Army wins. I love it. I love it. And you know what? Next week, we're going to be covering our first bowl games. So that's going to be pretty neat. So bowl season starts next Friday. And then uh, we're ready and excited for the uh, New Year. You doing our bowl pick 'em thing? We got to do the bowl pick 'em. Absolutely. All you gotta do is go to ESPN's website, the Bowl Mania. You could go to hhwshow.com and click on the link, join all four downs, and let's see who 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 could uh, talk smack the most by winning. I'm gonna nail it this year. I, I'm really invested. Well, Hector and I finished in a tie. Um, Jace, poor Jace, he was left behind. It's all right, Jace. So you want to give it a shot. By all means, join in. You got to make your picks no later than next Friday. Jace is smiling right there. You okay, Jace? So cool. No, yeah, I'm all good. Yeah. I thought like, his internet froze think, for a minute. <laughs> I think he's processing the defeat he had last year. And he's trying to think, like, you know what? I could get them this year. Dude, so I mean, it it's, it's so hard with the bowl games because everyone's sitting out and you don't know who's going to play. And I mean, I just yeah. go with the team that's got the most heart. Absolutely. You know what? I like your spirit. Don't forget, the Big 12 did lead. They were undefeated last year. So they finished in first place in, in bowl victories. Can't say the same for the SEC. Um, but everybody else, you know, they, they, yeah, they're looking the good. Is so good, right? Oh, yeah. Only good on the paper. The ship this year. They got like 12 <laughs> teams in the top 25. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, if you have a you winning record, you're like in the top 25 mm -hmm. in the SEC. That's kind of how it, that's kind of the expectation now. Once again, this show is brought to you by CMG Sports Podcast Network. Visit clovercrestmedia.com. To learn more about different podcasts and shows, sign up for it. Or, Joe, you want to take it away? Yeah, you know, I do. I'm really excited about bowl season, and Jace just alluded to the reason why. This is the finally the time of the year where teams don't get to pick who they play. In some cases, it, it's, you know, based on conference or whatever. But the idea is that you're going to see cross-conference play. You're going to see which conferences and which teams are the real deal, all things considered. You know how the SEC did last year during bowl season? Wasn't great. And let's be honest, I think we're all pulling for the underdogs. How could you not? You look at teams like Coastal Carolina and teams, of course, like Cincinnati. How do you not root for those guys? This is their chance to prove to everybody that they belong. I think that there's more parity in college football than there's ever been before. Either that or the fact that there are zero franchise quarterbacks uh, not named Bryce Young uh, in college football right now. But it is going to be a fun bowl season. It's going to end like it ended last week with Bamba blowing George out again. And I, for one, wouldn't want to miss it. No, sorry, it's OB. not going to happen. I had to know that was going to happen. No, it's Man not going to happen. Win another Stop national it. championship. Next you know season. what? Georgia wins. You go bald. All right, I'm doing it. You heard it here first, folks. It all goes if Bama doesn't blow out Georgia. Of course, Georgia has to make it. If Georgia doesn't make it, well, I guess then you'd lose anyway. All right, well, that's going to do it for this week. 
For Ovi Muniz and Jace Garcia, I am Joe McGuire. Make sure you visit clovercrestmedia.com backslash all four downs. You can find uh, all sorts of great podcasts there on the Clovercrest Media site. And again, as Ovi said, check out hhwshow.com. We'll be back here next Thursday night for all four downs.